This podcast is supported by the University of Tartu Astra Project Peraspera, financed by the European Regional Development Fund. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Communicating Science Podcast, brought to you by the University of Tartu, Estonia, with me, Sandy Perkila. And me, Jura Leijan. In our podcast, we invite guests who will come to talk to us about some of the main issues we deal with in our Communicating Science course for PhD students ranging from how to write a journal article to getting over stage fright when presenting, but also students and experts describing their journeys in the world of communicating science. Our aim is to provide you an insight into the complexities PhD students face in their daily situations and provide ideas to help you navigate your path as you move along your career in science. Today, we are going to introduce to you our hosts and give you a small preview of topics which are to come. Yuda, you are now uh, hosting the Communicating Science course. How has it been so far? Um, It's been a wild ride for sure. Um, I really love this course. It's a course that I've been developing over, over many, many years. And together with my colleague, uh, Arnie Jurin, uh, we've been shaping it into what it is really now. And we're really very, very proud of it. And uh, we will keep chiseling at it. It's not done done yet, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been an, an incredible experience and an incredible ride. And it's not over yet, that's for sure. So there are so many things that we really want to do and we want to improve and we want to include. But unfortunately, there are, you know, really, um, so there are so many things that we really want to do and improve, but unfortunately, it's uh, very small steps at a time. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing that we are the most proud of at the moment is really the, uh, the community that we're building. So these are, you know, people like you, uh, Sunny, who have come and joined the community science, communicating science um, team. And uh, working with all these wonderful PhD students that actually come through the course, that are working in the course, you know, seeing them grow, develop, succeed, it's, it's really amazing. That's wonderful. I can really hear your passion when you're talking about it. Mm-hmm. I can quite agree also that uh, it is a really nice course. Obviously, we are both a bit biased in saying it, but still. <laughs> yes, because, well, you've, you were a student in the course. Uh, how important was the course for you and, and why? Uh, indeed, yeah, I, I took this course last spring. I mean, obviously, also, I took the writing part uh, in autumn. But uh, right now, since I'm working with the, uh, with the presentation part, I'm, I'm mostly thinking about that. So I took that in spring. And uh, I would say that it had quite a big effect on my presenting and also my kind of general uh, motivation and like um, kind of self-esteem as far as uh, presenting my research and talking my talking about my research. Because I think before the course, I was really doing what a lot of people do. So I was just like trying to make the most typical presentation, the most neutral, the most official, the most plain, so that it would just like be done and I would kind of like pass through the filter nicely because I didn't really enjoy presenting. I I didn't feel comfortable 
because I was actually very shy as a child and still in school and so on. So I was always super nervous and I, I felt uncomfortable. So I just wanted it to be done. But then when I took the course and we had all these exciting assignments to try, I really just thought that, okay, I'm going to try new things now and I'm going to like throw myself in there and I'm going to like try to bring my personality in. And of course, the lectures also encourage to kind of uh, bring a little bit of your own flair into it. So uh, I did. And it was really like at the time already in the course, everybody received the presentation so much better than they've ever received them before. And also since then, people have been really reacting positively. In fact, I actually won a uh, competition that our department had for the PhD students. This was last September or October, something like this. So it was really amazing for me to win because I never expected it. And it was like quite overwhelming also because everybody was saying to me like, oh, already after I presented like oh you are going to win you're so for sure the best and then actually we had to frame the picture of me giving the presentation because the person who was supposed to take pictures of each of the presenters forgot to take the picture but <laughs> was so like interested in my presentation so that was like super great mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so so happy to hear that yeah yeah, so I mean, I suppose that in, in this case, if you think about the impact it has had on your career, it's been quite, quite big. I would say so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you think about your future career uh, and students who are now, for example, in their first year, do you think it, it is something that they really must do in order to enhance their career as, as a scientist? Well, I think... First of all, I don't like to use the word must because mm -hmm. it, it gives it a nasty tone already for mm -hmm. me. So I, I wouldn't say that it's something that you must do, but I would say that it's something that you definitely would benefit of because like it's it can be really like hard at first to think about investing your time in presentations because there are still a lot of professors who are uh, thinking that okay the papers are the only thing that matters and if you just have good results they will just you know speak for themselves and everything else is just like useless extra stuff but actually really the confidence first of all that you gain when you have the ability to present because you know that you will have to still present is very important and it's it's so much better when you actually have something that feels like you that you are comfortable in than to just do this typical neutral thing just to show your results and also the feedback that you get from that already, even though I haven't done much presenting in like a bigger scale, it's 
it's much better than to get people to come to you. If you have a good presentation, they, they will get excited about your topic and they come to you and they say, oh, you have such a nice topic. Oh, I want to see your results. Oh, I want to talk to you about this. And even if your results are like super great or you have a great idea, if you're not gonna present it in an interesting way, probably the people are not going to be interested in coming to you about it. Yeah, so yeah. at least for me, that's the biggest reason for, for practicing my presentations. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Judah? Why, why is this course important? Why, why should the students take it? And why are you passionate about it? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. I mean, well, specifically the, the the last one, you know, whether or why am I passionate about it? Uh, I think it's maybe also somewhat related to my own career. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, you know, being passionate about the course means that I think it's you know it, it is really necessary, and and I'm not going to put the word must in there as you say, but it's. It's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a useful course for students to follow, primarily because I don't think that we are aiming for students to become, to all become top presenters. I, I think the main aim of the course is for students to be able to feel comfortable with the fact that they have to present. And if I, if I look back at my own career, and also if I look back at my own uh, education, so public speaking and, and presenting have always been somewhat integrated in that process. So I've, it's never really been like, okay, well, do you like, for example, public speaking? Is it something that you really enjoy? It's just always been part of it. And the fact that it's just always been part of that learning experience or educational experience, I don't seem to have a real, um, a real problem with it or a real dilemma with it, whether it is something that I need to develop or whether it's something that, uh, you know, let's say even comes uh, natural. It's just part of the learning. It's just part of the job in that sense. And I think that for PhD students and for scientists, it's, it's exactly like this. It's, it's our job, right? So we have to write articles uh, or at least we need to make our uh, science visible. And we do this through the writing of articles, or we do this through the presenting of, uh, of our science, like you mentioned, going to conferences, making it visible, getting people interested. So it's just something that, that is part of it. And as a result, the course itself is really trying to convey that kind of message to students that you know, we do not all want you to become you know, like the Steve Jobs of presentation or you know, presenters like, like you'll see in TED. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort to really invest in developing those skills. But just you know, to be aware that, that, these are, that it's a skill that you can develop and that you can develop it slowly over time and that there are specific strategies that you can take in order to make it easier for you. Because I, I don't think that anybody really likes public speaking as such. You know, it's not like that anybody's born and then says, okay, well, I'm going to become a public speaker. It's just sort of people roll into it and, and rolling into the public speaking uh, job, for example, for scientists, you know, for some is a much more natural progress than for others. As you said, some people would just prefer to just stick to the writing of the articles. 
but other people really, you know, seek out those collaborations, those connections with others at, uh, at conferences. And I think we need both. Uh, but the ones who are able to, for example, speak out and connect their science to, uh, to audiences uh, at conferences or, or other venues, I, th I think they do have a bit of an advantage in this, in this case. So it's, it's great to always have a conversation and public speaking is one way to really uh, enhance that conversation skill between uh, yourself as a scientist and, and your audience. So the course itself is not, you know, it's not a, it's not a template. It's, it's an experience, I think. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it, I think, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I, well, I mean, you've gone through the whole experience yourself. Um, and of course, also now being involved as a well supporter of students in the course. Um, you, you've had last semester, you were working with students, giving them feedback on their presentation. So how do you see that experience working for them as well? So giving back to the students in some ways? Honestly, I was really in the beginning hesitating about if I would really have something to give, like if I could really give enough meaningful feedback for them. But when I went into it, I noticed that I do have a lot of tips that I can give. And the students really seem to take in my advice. And, and also the other students in the group think that the advice is helping. And I, I found it incredibly, incredibly rewarding, actually. Mm -hmm. just to see how the students who are kind of like completely in their shell and like having a really hard time even being there to kind of start opening up and changing it up and kind of you, you start seeing a bit of who they are behind there and, and they start to give out the kind of things that are actually important in the in the project because oftentimes we 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 lead by giving out all of these facts and just like overwhelming the kind of audience with the facts and trying to make people think that okay this person knows a lot about the topic but then in the end it may be better if you just kind of are a bit more loose and you are a bit more kind of uh, in tune with the topic and and not just that you have all of these facts that you can say. And I think that's the most rewarding part for me, seeing, seeing them like go from reading the facts from the slide to kind of actually being an expert in the topic. And I think that, you know, every semester we run the course again and we get a new batch of students. Getting to that time when they do their practical presentations is, is both a scary time because logistically it's actually quite complicated and a challenge to, to organize. Um, but once, you know, you get those students in those groups and you get the feedback to those groups and you see the previous students, you know, like yourself working with the current students, I mean, it's, it's, it's magical. I mean, these, these are really things that... Makes, makes this course very special. And of course, I'm biased to say so, uh, but I, I do think that it's a formula which works best when it also comes uh, from the students, you know, for the students. Uh, I, I highly believe that that's a formula specifically at the level of PhD 
which is incredibly powerful for the learning. Uh, you, you mentioned before that uh, you think that the, this is certainly a skill that anybody could learn mm -hmm. and, and uh, kind of hone into throughout time. But how much do you think actually is learnable and how much is something that you, you just inherently have? Do you think that there are just some people who are just naturals and they don't have to practice or do anything and they just go out and everything just magically aligns? Or is it always that you have to work for it? That's a really, really, really good question. And it's one of those questions. Well, it's one of those million dollar questions, right? Um, so are we born with a skill or can we really learn it? And, and, and of course, I'm, you know, I, I am very convinced um, that it's a skill that everybody can learn. It's more or less, I mean, I think the, okay, well, let me rephrase that. It's, it's definitely a skill that everybody can learn. The extent to which you would want to learn it depends on individuals themselves. So again, what I mentioned earlier is some would prefer to sit behind their science and write it up. And they're much better at it, for example, than to communicate about it in, in public. Mm -hmm. uh, and others really would just prefer to, to you know, go to a town hall square, for example, and try to draw a crowd and convince them of, um, you know, of, of the miracles of their science. I, I think there, there are just you know, different types of people who would prefer one, uh, or maybe not even prefer, who seem to be drawn to one form more than the other. And then of course, there are those who really excel in both forms. And again, it's, it is the amount of energy and um, I, think, I think it's both energy and interest you have in, um, in developing those skills. Yeah, if you if you truly believe that you don't or that you are unable to develop it, and I think it's something that you've mentioned as well in the beginning, right? So that if you truly believe, well, I am that shy person I was when I was in high school, when it, that I was as a child, and I will never be able to get up on the stage and present my signs, then of course that's going to inhibit you to become the public speaker that you want to become. So what it really takes is a bit of an intervention or you know, a person or a group of people or colleagues who are really going to encourage you and tell you, okay, well, actually, Sunny, you are wonderful at speaking in public and you can develop that skill no matter what, you know, and then you can do this, you can try this, um, you can experiment with this kind of tools, you can experiment with this kind of storytelling techniques. And well, if you feel okay, well, let's try it, let me try to experiment with that. And you can see, you know, the benefits that it has, you know, you can see that you actually will start winning competitions, for example, you know, then, then in this case, it, yeah, you, you might actually then start to feel okay, well, it is something that is learnable. It is something that I can pick up. And it's maybe even something that I will start to like and I will not shy away from. So again, that, that fear really doesn't help. And a lot of times that fear is also not grounded, I think. So our fear of public speaking is, yeah, is, is, is always present, but it's not always grounded. Yes, yes, definitely, I agree. 
one of the things that I most struggle with is, is still my kind of nerves and my kind of self-criticalness, which I guess is something that everybody to an extent struggles with. Uh, but uh, as you said, it's important to, to realize that our, our thoughts are not automatically facts and, and we, we might think something, but, but it doesn't mean that it's so yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there. I mean, for the. I mean, I still really get nervous uh, on occasions when I need to present to an audience who I don't know, or when I'm presenting a new topic, for example, for the first time, or you know, when I've just had a bad night, or you know, when I had something wrong to drink or eat just before the presentation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or when I feel that the slides are not really as, as good as I would like them to be, or I've not practiced the story well enough. So there are all these circumstances that will, you know, feed into those insecurities that we all have. Um, and of course, the task is that we have to try and eliminate them, or at least try to find a good pattern for ourselves in order to eliminate those kind of fears whenever we get up to speak in public. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's something of a project, as as is the whole whole practice. But still, this is this is another part that I think it takes a lot of time mm -hmm. to get to the point where you can kind of uh, like separate your nerves a bit from the from the action, and I guess a lot of practice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but what do you think, uh, Sonny? The dilemma or the million dollar question. Are we born natural speakers or or not? Well, as you said, it, it's not an easy easy question to answer. I think certainly there are some inherent abilities that may make it easier to learn it and may make it less daunting to try it. And I also think that some people are perhaps luckier than others in the sense that if they have, you know, this kind of environment where they are really encouraged to perform, to talk, to interact, then it's much easier to also kind of branch out into this uh, presenting area. But I don't think that it's like some kind of a stamp that you get at birth, you know, like oh, you are just a performer mm -hmm. and, and that's what you do. It's, it's still, I think, learnable, but for others, it might be harder to learn than for others. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. So, yeah, Sunny, you know, given that we've been grounded now for a year due to the uh, pandemic, um, have you had any online presentations uh, or have you attended any online conferences? And, and do you think that this kind of format, so the online presentations actually will become the new norm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I have presented twice now online and I've attended a few conferences and quite many seminars as well. So it is definitely something that I think everybody's already getting used to and probably something that will not disappear after this. But I think it's still not a replacement for actual 
physical attendance of a conference because, well, first of all, it's incredibly hard to network in a Zoom, even mm-hmm. if it's like, okay, well, this is the 30 minutes of discussion group. In my experience, mostly it's either it's like two people who already know each other talking in their own language or nobody's there. So it's that's something that cannot be replaced for sure. And I think as far as presenting, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way because somehow it's less intimidating to present, but at the same time you can quite easily become sort of passive in in the presentation because you're alone and it's not like doesn't feel the same. And I think that it's also very easy for the listener to be passive, passive in listening and even like completely lose their focus and start reading their emails and whatnot because the other person obviously who's presenting cannot see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I think it's, it's kind of making the whole thing a bit more disconnected. And I think that is one of the biggest issues in general right now in this situation that we're all coming becoming a bit kind of disconnected and it's it, already in the beginning of it like doing a phd is somewhat more lonely than uh for example uh doing your masters or something because it's very independent so i think this kind of uh, highlights some of the problems that that uh, we might already have with kind of loneliness and isolation now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that um, even in the maybe second or third workshop I had with the communicating science, we talked about this because of course at the moment, specifically in Estonia, the situation is as such that, you know, the question is, are we going to be in lockdown for a month, you know, another month or, you know, till towards the end of the semester. And then there were a couple of slides left from, I think maybe last year, where we talked about, you know, the reasons why we go to conferences. And one of the topics was that, okay, we go to conferences, actually not just to present, but we go to conferences, you know, to mingle. We go to conferences to meet other people, you know, to try and um, just have a chance encounter with somebody. And a chance encounter with somebody might actually turn out to be, for example, your next promoter or the person who will who you will end up doing a postdoc or somebody you will start to write a uh, collaborative paper with. Uh, you know, all of these coincidental meetings, I think, really shape your career as it has mine, you know, for sure. Um, and I think that, well, what, what students also very strongly mentioned is, uh, yeah, is this yeah, feeling of loneliness that you mentioned and, and not being able to cope in many ways with, with that, at least, you know, not being able to share the anxieties, first of all, that you have with your own research, but also with the writing of your research and then also with having to communicate about your research. And uh, yeah, that, that does make things incredibly relevant. And I, I think that's, well, for sure, these are topics that we would want to tackle in our, in our you know, upcoming episodes, uh, right? Definitely, definitely. I, I think uh, right now, 
the mental health of the PhD students is even more critical than it was before. Mm-hmm. We all already know that PhD is a, a hard process to go through. And now, uh, for example, for myself, when I consider that, okay, I, I'm like nearly halfway in already to my PhD and basically most of it has been in this kind of abnormal situation. So it, it's really something that is kind of stressful to think about. And I, I know that a lot of others are, are really experiencing the same things because you know that the time here is limited. And this is the time when you're supposed to be able to go out and try new things and go to the conferences and be kind of this starter researcher who can kind of be a bit lost and something and now kind of we're jumping off from this period and then soon we will be finished and we're supposed to be experts but we're lacking these key experiences mm-hmm. so I, I think definitely it's it's something that is difficult to tackle and should be talked about more mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and uh, well, we're currently working on on developing those topics. Uh, we have a meeting with um, uh, with experts in the field uh, to talk about those, but also students who are experiencing it. Um, so maybe it's a good time to to wrap up this topic and uh, you know the introduction of the host for this podcast and the ones coming. And I'm um, yeah really looking forward to uh, to yeah work with you, Sunny, on uh, on the next ones. Yes, me too. I'm I'm excited to to get to the newer episodes. Yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, some of the topics we have in store for you are uh, well, well-being, uh, but also another topic uh, that we want to cover in more depth is storytelling uh, with Mattia. Uh, what else did we have in store, Sunny? Well, we are also planning to discuss about the three mini thesis competition that is mm-hmm. coming up now in this month actually here mm-hmm. in here in the University of Tartu and hopefully we would get uh, some of the people who are actually participating in this competition to, mm-hmm. to talk about this so I'm, I'm quite excited about that as well. Yeah, absolutely yeah and we hope of course that uh, yeah you will come and join us in the next episodes as well. And uh, well, in this case, let's close it off here. And see you in the next episode. Yes, see Mm -hmm. you. Okay, thank you, Sonny. Thank you, Judah. (laughs)